Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, Jay-Z, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? Hey, you and I are planning on hopping on a plane first class. I know, I'm excited about that. I can't sing, but uh, that's Fergie, right? Fergalicious? Oh my God. You know that song? Fergalicious. Fergal. Yes, Dad. Please. I'm ready Dead. to go. Hey, <laughs> my 13 year old rocks out to Fergalicious every morning when no she's way. doing the dishes. Shout Loves out it. Shout out Kendall. Loves it. She's, um, I love, I typically come home from my morning exercise if I was biking or running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so if I left the house at whatever, 6 45 or 7, I'm back by 8, 8 15. She leaves for the bus stop around 8 20. Mm-hmm. And it's always really cool to, to hear the music coming from the kitchen when I'm in Hold the on. garage. No, no, I just put together what you were saying. Your daughter washes dishes before she goes to school. Begrudgingly. That's uh, And she doesn't wash dishes. She unloads the dishwasher that was <laughs> run the night before. Yes. Oh, okay. That's no, very, no, okay. no, 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 no. I home thought girl, she was with the not, She has not figured out how to hand wash. Now, her mom, her mom when she was Kendall's age, right. her mom was yeah. hand washing dishes. All right, a little bit of palm olive with the uh, yeah. No, the not not these spoiled entitled kids. No, no, but she does have to unload the dishwasher. Okay. Usually while mumbling unpleasantries underneath her breath. But what I do love is I do love the music that comes wow, out. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and Fergalicious has been one of the songs that she's been bumping. Way to take it back to circa two, early 2000, mid 2000. Yes. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that was like, was that, did she split off from the Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, and then they, she, then she did that. Then, then she, she came, came back. back and yeah. We don't want you too big. And then now her career yeah. fills it out, too. Yeah, but then my wife freaked her out. She goes, oh, that's Stacy from like Kids Incorporated. Mm. And, Kendall's like, what? Or like yeah. some Disney. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if it's yeah. Kids Incorporated. Wow, I do remember or, that. You said, yeah. Yeah, was it Kids Incorporated? Shout or? out those free preview weekends that Disney used to have before people like cable boxes. You don't remember the free Disney preview weekend when we were kids and you're like, oh, snap. Like, you get to watch Disney Channel. I, I grew like, up, John, in Orlando, Florida with a father mm-hmm. who's anti-theme parks. So probably not. So a father that I looked up to that I idolized. So my father raised me Anti. believing that you know, there's like three enemies of the U.S. Okay. Russia, mm-hmm. the mafia, and Walt and Disney. Disney. Okay, I can pick that up actually. Yes, I can pick that up. Yeah, um, but I don't know if the mafia is even around anymore. It but is, you is. know, it was like a big thing back in the '70s. Like mm-hmm. people were talking about mobsters and the mob and John mm-hmm. Gotti and all that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure my dad didn't say it like that. Right. Uh, because he's a little bit more tactful than I am. Just yeah, that's tact. one thing I didn't get from him was his tact. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I might have picked up his fieriness. Yeah, you know, uh, I think people heard that on a previous episode. episode. Jesus, if you wanna, if you want, if, if you really care about Dio, send him a birthday card with like a solar panel voucher <laughs> in it. If you really want to get creative, the crazy thing is, I'm all for alternative energies, John. I really am. I know, but I am, but I'm, I'm, all, I'm more for protecting consumers against their own ignorance. Right, like teaching. That's why we do this this podcast. Right, I like to teach. Right, I want to educate. I want to share. My experiences, like one of the best things that got to happen to me or I got to be a part of as a loan officer is I've helped thousands of people become homeowners, some for the first time, some for the 30th time. Mm -hmm. But that means I've talked to tens of thousands of people. Shitload of conversations. Yes. And along the way, I've I've got to interact with all walks of life. Mm -hmm. Right. You figure 65 to 70 percent of the of what makes up the American populace. I have had an opportunity to engage myself with. Correct. 
Now, my friends make, make fun of me. They're like, oh, Dio, you live in a bubble. I'm like, and to a certain degree, I'm like, yes, I do live in a, bu- in a bubble. Like, we all live in a bubble, mm-hmm. right? Like, my friends who work in law enforcement for two decades, their bubble is law enforcement people. Right. They tend to surround themselves with people who do the same thing that they do, who speak the same way that they speak, who have the same view of the world as they do. Birds of a feather. Yeah, that's a bubble. Mm-hmm. But... My friends who are in law enforcement can also talk about all the different ways that they get to do community policing. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they get exposed to different walks of life, Mm -hmm. just like I get exposed to different walks of life. Correct. You know, and my my friends get who are in law enforcement get exposed to parts of life that I never get to see, just like I get exposed to other parts that they don't get to see. Mm -hmm. So to a certain extent, I guess my buddy Joey is right. I live in a bubble, but so does he. Right. You know, and I like my bubble because my bubble allows me to 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 at least speak to 65 to 70 percent of what makes up the, the United States of America. Correct. Yes. So I got fired up on a previous episode where, you know, I had a fire lit underneath my derriere talking about so, solar panels. Well, I hope you bring the same enthusiasm and verver to this episode because we are talking about what is it? Drum roll, please. The race to the bottom. The race to the bottom. So this came up at conversation. You and I had lunch together today. Literally. Shout out to Miller's Ale House. Shout out to the conversation. Yes, I love I love going to Miller's Miller's Ale House because I sit down mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, it's you again. Yes. Oh, you're the loud, obnoxious, bald man we served a couple months back. I know what you want, sir. No, it's not that type of establishment. No. And no. those years are behind me, John. No, I'm in my 40s no, now. Thought, not in my I 30s. I thought it was clear. We said Miller's Ale House. It's a family institution. It is. Yes. And it's one in which I typically do not uh, consume alcohol while I am uh, enjoying their menu. Right. But it is nice. I go there and they know to bring me my water with lemon. They know I want one of their big old pretzels. Yep. And they know exactly how I like my chicken Philly and then I'm going to substitute the fries for the broccoli. Broccoli on the side. Broccoli. Yeah, they know that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know you. You don't eat. You just drink two Heinekens (laughs) at lunch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hello. You again. Yeah. But I don't it, know if they don't serve Heineken. Mm-hmm. I go to lunch with you at least once or twice a month. Yeah, Stella. I've never seen you not oh, Stella yeah, if you're not Heineken. Yeah. And then after that, it's like Peroni. If not after that, it's Corona. If not after that, I'll just won't drink. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least you give yourself four options. <laughs> yeah, just I try to spread it out. Yeah, it's rare. So it's rare that you're not gonna have a beer or two <laughs> yeah, at lunch. Yeah. Okay. So that's what Very started. Good. We're out yeah, but we're, we're at lunch today, and and uh, I start talking about the race to the bottom. You're like, whoa, 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 stop. 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 This is an episode. This and by the way, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen who are tuned in for the first time, first let me say thank you. Meet my co-host John Coleman. (laughs) You can find him on Google. Just Google his name, John Coleman. You'll find him. My name is Dustin Owen, and you can find me on LinkedIn. It's a great way to connect. Mm -hmm. If you're not into LinkedIn, but you do like social media, Mm -hmm. we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram at the Lone Officer Podcast. We can't tell right now if you're viewing us on YouTube because you found our YouTube channel, at which point we would say thank you. Yes. Our YouTube channel is at the Lone Officer Podcast. The Lone Officer Podcast. You can subscribe. You can comment. You can just have a grand old time. Mm-hmm. You can watch us as well as listen to us. If you're not into watching us because we're not that good looking of dudes, mm. that's okay. We get it. That's why we're married. <laughs> and you can listen to us. Yes. And you can basically listen to us anywhere where you can find podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's Apple Podcasts. That's Google Play that's um, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera. Yes. And soon, like really, 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 really soon, soon, we have built a website because mm-hmm. our loyal listeners have asked us to, in yeah. one form or another, it's going to launch. The yeah. purpose of the website is to offer additional content. On even top more of, content. Even more content. <laughs> 
more granular, maybe yep. with some tools, some downloadables. Uh oh. Yeah, we're gonna have a career corner. We're gonna have a message board. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have a, a shorter, yeah. shorter, shorter clips. Clips because these podcast episodes can run long. Yeah. No one has ever said, "Oh my God, I had a conversation with Dio and it was really quick and short and to the point." To the point. No. No, it's heavily detailed. <laughs> it is laced with lots of words. <laughs> And sometimes I say things once or twice or three times because I don't trust that you got it the first time <laughs> I said it. So right. I feel the need to say it two or three more times. Right. But the website's going to have some short clips as well. Yeah. Right. And and who knows what else it could lead to? Tools. Yeah, yeah, it, it could lead to coaching. It yeah. could lead to live events. Like Ooh. this website's going to launch a lot of opportunities for us to further mm. dive deeper into our new role in the personal finance mortgage sales support space. Love the way you said that. You like that? Yes, very good. All right, but today's episode. Yeah, is the race to the bottom. The race to the bottom. What does that mean to you, Dio? Okay, so right now, if you keep up with your mortgage industry news, you're subscribing to MBA's Newslink or you're on Housing Wire or you're following other people in the space, mm -hmm. um, we're talking about the race to the bottom. In 2020, mortgage companies had record profits. Mm like record profits. The best way to, to, to analogize this would be like, it would be like McDonald's always selling their cheeseburger for, for $1. Always. $1 is their business model. If they sell cheeseburgers at $1. They know if they sell a million of them a year, they're going to net profit $150,000 or whatever their, mm -hmm. their business model. And for whatever weird reason in 2020, they sold their cheeseburgers for $3. Damn. Same cheeseburger, mm -hmm. but they sold it for $3. Mm -hmm. That was the mortgage industry in 2020. Right, we could, as an industry, make that much profit because we had that much demand for our product, hmm. and that also caused us to race out and hire new mortgage professionals. Sometimes people who didn't even have experience in the industry, and try to get them trained up. Hmm. Now, we needed that as an industry because the average age of a mortgage professional prior to 2020 was like 56 years of age. Damn, these are people that hopefully only have five, six, or seven more years left in their career. Mm -hmm. If not, they're like, peace out. I did really well, and I'm retiring early at 55. Right? right? So we needed some of this, yeah. but people became fat and happy. The race to the bottom is in 2021. All of a sudden, we're witnessing, oh, you're not making the type of money you made last year. That pipeline's looking a little, little light. And nor is your neighbor. Mm. But I need the volume to keep my people busy yeah just onboard early to people. give them a reason to come to work to give them things to work on yeah. right it would be like creating a factory where that factory was supposed to to make one million widgets but you're only you're in your staff to make mm -hmm. a million but you're currently only have orders for six hundred thousand. Mm, seems like a deficit there mm -hmm. and is it worth losing your people over that you just spent a lot of money to onboard and train and really, hire just and, getting up to speed and now it's like the business is drying uh, up maybe you start doing widgets but maybe you start charging less for them so more people can buy your widgets mm. but now you're gonna make less money right. like there's a particular company that was in the news last week better.com i'll throw it out there right i'm not making this up it's in the news they like so many other mortgage companies of last year they're trying to go public mm. right when they go public here's what happens the founders the investors early on get paid fat. Mm. They're cashing out. Cashing out. Yeah, they are cashing out. There's a news article about Loan Depot right now that says they might, they may, they're alleged by a whistleblower to have done some nefarious things mm -mm. in order to 
do their IPO, go public and, and raise the most capital through that initial public offering because they were trying to strike while the iron was hot. Well, better.com is trying to do the same thing, but better.com is having a hard time taking their company public when their revenue is free falling. It's a race to the bottom. So if your revenue is free falling, you have to keep the volume coming in. Mm -hmm. There's a motto in the mortgage industry that a lot of industry vets buy into, which is volume cures all. Like, how do you fix a problem with personnel? Bring in more loans. How do you fix a problem with profit? Bring in more loans. Now, I don't wholeheartedly believe in that, mm-hmm. right? I don't think there's a there's a one-size-fix-all solution to anything, right? There's ways to optimize. There's ways to look into different channels. There's ways of, like, there's other ways mm-hmm. to write a ship. But, you know, just understand from a reference point, that was always a rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. So companies are racing to the bottom of, of, of their profit in order to bring in more volume. Right. Okay, well, when they do that, that's going to impact so many other aspects of how they operate their business. Maybe their incentive trips to their sales folks go away. Maybe they went from not monitoring overtime to now they do monitor overtime. Yeah, it sounds like all the things. Maybe, that, yeah, like like all, like that. that's what's going to transpire. Hmm. So that's what I mean by race to the bottom. Right. It's the the number of loans available to originate has shrunk. The pie has shrunk, but the m- number of mouths to feed has not. Right. It has not. Has this happened before in the industry? Like, let's say, yes, 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 yes. The mortgage industry, from a context standpoint, is one of the most risky from a regulatory compliance standpoint and the least profitable mm-hmm. industry out there. It's very cyclical. Right. Booms and busts. That's what I think. 2018 was a really, really rough year for mortgage companies. Now, we closed a good amount of units as an industry. We closed a good amount of volume, but we didn't make any money. Interesting. Like In a way, we were boondoggling, mm-hmm. if you remember that from a few episodes ago, right? right? In a way, we were working really hard, but not really becoming effective. We weren't making money. Right. We were staying afloat. There are certain banks especially that will look at a year like 2020, 2022. Mm-hmm. Their make or break of success isn't based around do they make money or not. It's if they just stay afloat. It's a matter of their budget may be, hey, your budget this year, John Coleman, is to lose less than a million, than a hundred million dollars. Oh, you're going to end up in the red, just how much in the red that we're willing to Oh, yeah. It's like, look, they're fine with it. Maybe they made 600 million last year. They made 250 million this year. So they offset. So they've, they've padded it by 150 Uh, million. Like if you're a huge bank, like a Wells Fargo or a Chase or a City or a Bank mm -hmm. of America, like you have a mortgage division because you have to, not necessarily because you want to. You have millions of clients who rely on you for their banking needs, including mortgage. Mm. So you have a mortgage division. So you may be managing that as a loss leader for that particular year. Mm -hmm. You may have to do that for two or three or four years before the next cyclical boom comes or until the dust settles, Mm. right? Well, what do you mean by the dust settles? Well, eventually the strong survive. If everyone races to the bottom, someone is not going to have enough runway to wait for for things to normalize. Someone is going to run their plane off the runway, crash and burn. By crash and burn, I mean go out of business or be absorbed or consolidated with a larger institution. Somewhere along the way, people are going to be laid off, and that is sad. My only word to the wise when it comes to layoffs is understand this. Your company 
sat down and made a strategic decision on who they were going to be laid off. If you were one of 20 in a certain department and five were let go, and you're one of those five, I don't really empathize too much with that person because I will tell you in my experiences, you didn't do enough performance-wise to not be in the bottom five. So if you're focused every day on being the best professional you can be and bring the best value to your organization, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't worry about layoffs. And if you do get laid off, I promise you this, someone else is going to pick you up. Someone will pick you up if you're that good. But some people, maybe their heart wasn't it. Maybe they didn't like it. Maybe it wasn't a career and it's just a J-O-B. Well, they will be laid off and they will go find themselves in displaced until they find a new career, which Mm -hmm. luckily right now from reading the national media, (laughs) there's a plethora of at least job opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like people are just aren't jumping at the opportunity. Right. So if those opportunities are still out there, there'll be a transition. Mm-hmm. But you will see that transpire as we race to the bottom as an industry. Everyone is fighting for a smaller piece of pie. They're willing to work for cheaper than what they were working for in years like 2020 and even this year, 2021. Like here we are in fourth quarter, so we're preparing for 2022. Mm-hmm. So anyone tuning in who's made it this far, mentally, you need to understand that your job right now is to make sure that you are on top of your game, that you are going back to the basics, because let's face the facts, 2020 was a very easy year to close a bunch of loans. And you need to be leaning into the future. In fact, so here at Waterstone Mortgage, my two partners and I, David Holbrook and Mike Smalley, we always put on our Florida sales rally. That's where we invite 50 of our sales associates who originate loans in the state of Florida We pick a venue, we go spend like 24 or 36 hours together. Some of it's learning, some of it's celebrating it, some of it's preparing for the the year to come. Um, And it's really camaraderie. Mm -hmm. There's usually live music, there's usually free alcohol and a really nice dinner and a really funny awards ceremony along the way. And as we prepare and we sit down and we start thinking about what's our theme, our theme back to the basics. Right. But we also have to lean into the future. And so like anyone who's tuning in and you're trying to plan yourself for 2022. Yeah. You can't do too much of. You have to understand, do you know the basics? Do you know the basics? Do you have a business plan? Do you know how many leads it takes to close X amount of loans? In order to get that many leads, how many referral sources do you have to have? If you don't know those numbers, I'm going to encourage you to spend the next 90 days or 75 days figuring them out. Mm-hmm. Because when January 1 hits, you can't be just now getting your motor started. Like, you need to start revving up your engine now. Get it built now. So on January 1st, you are already in full stride. Because the market is shifting. There is a particular race to the bottom. And when we race to the bottom, there will be victims. There will be companies that aren't able to survive that get consolidated. There will be some job loss or job consolidation. Hopefully, and this is a true hope of mine. Like, look. It's been a hell of a 10-year run for those of us in the mortgage industry. Even with years like 2018, John, if you told me I'm going to have 2018 every year for the next 10 years, I would wash your feet and scrub your floors for the next 10 years as long as you could guarantee me that I was going to have a year like 2018. Is that good? And 2018 was my worst year out of five. Really? It was in the past five years, 2018 was by far. 2016 was better than 18, 17 was better than 18, 19, 20, and 21. Hmm. So out of the past six years. But 2018 was still a great year. It just was nothing like 2016, and it was nothing like 2020. Those two years were my two best years. 2021 is probably going to rival 2016, Mm -hmm. 
but we are going to see margin compression. What does that mean to loan officers? That means that it's going to get cutthroat when you're talking about negotiating fees and rates. And there's going to be someone out there who's willing to buy the market. In that news article about better.com that I referenced, better.com said, yeah, we lost money by the millions of dollars because we were buying the market. We are willing to do loans at a loss just to get the loans in the door. So you're going to be competing against stuff like that, that your company more than likely isn't following that same right. thought process and that, that same strategy. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to become better at what you do. Offer better value, better services, offer to close the loan quicker, to be nicer, to be more accept, uh, to, to be more accessible. Like these are things that any of us in the mortgage industry who want to survive in 2020 are going to have to do as we race to the bottom. So when you said like you know, those like companies like taking L's and like just basically just taking on business, even though they know it's a loss, why do they do that in hopes of like in the future having the repeat business? What's the business yes. logic behind out there? Yeah, it's every reason why Google, and instead of trying to compete against a certain company, would just buy it. Just buy you. I'll just I'll buy you, John. Two billion dollars. I think your company's garbage. I'm probably going to shut it down. But I'd rather pay you $2 billion and tell you to peace out so that you quit disrupting what I'm trying to do here over at Alphabet Companies. Yeah, it's the same concept. So if these companies have enough backing, enough financial backing, if their balls are bigger than someone else's balls and they're willing to put it all on the line, that's a strategy. Now, that strategy could backfire. Eventually, those investors want to see profits. Mm. Eventually, those those investors want to see ROI. Mm -hmm. And if they're not seeing ROI, they're not seeing profits, heads are going to roll. Right. So, but for, for those of us at a street level, we can't concern ourselves with that. No one's hiring us to be the CEO. No one's asking us to sit on the board of any one of these companies. Mm-hmm. All we can focus on is that man or woman in the mirror. Right. Yeah. So we're going to focus on that man or woman in the mirror. We're going to focus on becoming better, dominate the basics, right? The things that Todd Duncan was teaching back in the 1990s, right? Like those principles still apply. Now, Todd may be way too distant and removed to appropriately explain them to you, mm-hmm. but I promise you he has some decent books and he did a great job 20, 30 years ago, two, three decades ago of helping mortgage professionals understand how to better run their business. So if this is like a cyclical thing, like the ebbs and flows of the industry, do good professionals know like, hey, I had a good three years. I predict like, hey, next year might be tough, so I need to like buckle down and bring in more leads or is it not that? Some do, some don't. Some do. I mean, the purpose of shows like this, John, is to encourage people to think that way. But the reason why shows like this are going to be wildly successful is because people don't like they need this reminder. They need no different than like in a year like 2020, it baffled me on anyone who coasted. Because I'm like, man, if you just knew, if you just knew or you could hear what we're trying to tell you, you should have worked your rear end off, made as much money as you could, because there's no guarantees in this industry. You're not a heart surgeon. You're not an oncologist. You can't look at your 600 grand a year and be like, yep, because I went to medical school and I'm super bright and experienced, I'm going to make this money for the next two and a half decades. Mm. No, make the money now because you can. Rates are still very low. Get out there and shake that refi tree as much as you can to make as much money as you can. Do not adjust your lifestyle thinking that money is going to be forever. Keep your lifestyle in check and save as much as you can. The worst, the worst place you're going to find yourself And I may be speaking from experience. I may, for the past 10 years, have said to the mortgage gods, when I pray to those mortgage gods, right? There's there's Buddha and there's the mortgage gods, right? I look up to both of them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just give me two more years. Two more years. That was what I was saying in 2013. Then in 2015, I'm like, I just like 
three more years, just three more years. Right. Then 2018, just, just one more year. I know it was a bad year, but just one more year. Right. Here I am in 2021 going into 2022. I'm eternally grateful to A, the mortgage industry, and B, my mindset. Because I didn't adjust my lifestyle one for one to my income. Mm. I adjusted my lifestyle 33 cents to the dollar, right? So as I made an extra dollar, my lifestyle only went up by 33 cents. I made an extra $2, went up 66 cents. True story, I made an extra $3 and it went up just a dollar. Mm -hmm. So now that I can look back and I'm like, man, life's pretty damn good, John. Life's pretty, and that's what I encourage people to do. So if you didn't take advantage in 2020, 2021, Hey, ain't no crying over spilt milk. Granny used to say that all the time, right? right? But you can look at years like 2022, 2023, 2024. Outlook is pretty darn good, right? The the um, worldwide experts mm-hmm. are predicting more homes sold in 2022 than 2021. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So if you're that loan originator who is focused on building real tangible relationships with realtors and builders and giving sound consultative advice to home buyers, you could have a great year next year in the year uh, going forward and the year going forward. But you have to be really good at what you do because your consumers are going to be a little bit more conscious to what your rates and fees are compared to how they were in 2020. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some disruptors out there that are willing to do things at a loss that you're going to have to compete against. You have to sell your service against their suicidal business practices. It really is. Right? Like, like these are things that that you're up against, but it's still a great career. It's still a great industry, but technology is going to disrupt period. End of story. Technology will not replace in my opinion. It will not replace. Mm -hmm. It'll disrupt. It'll make it different. It may allow us to do three times the work to make the same dollar. And it may, force us mm-hmm. to do three times as much to make the same dollar. Mm-hmm. But look, I look at it as the number of hours that I'm putting into the job, right? So if I put in 32 to 42 hours a week to make 300 grand, as long as I'm still putting in 32 to 42 hours a week to make 300 grand, I'm still making the same hourly amount right. regardless of how many units or how much volume that is. Technology. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you don't lean into technology, if you don't learn about what is blockchain, if you don't learn about what is artificial intelligence, if you don't learn to communicate with today's 18 to 24-year-olds or today's 26 to 36-year-olds in the manner that they want to be communicated to, you will miss out. If you're not utilizing certain technologies that allow you to bypass appraisals, to bypass needing to collect tax returns yeah. and pay stubs to bypass needing to, to obtain bank statements. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not leaning into those types of technologies, then you're also going to be left behind, but it's focusing on the basics while also leaning into technology. That's going to allow you to not just survive, but thrive in 2022, 2023, all the way to 2025. I stop at 2025 because that's as far as we can look out, right? Like we, there's some uncertainty. I'm here in inflation. I'm hearing um, slow economic growth. Well, when you have inflation with lack of economic growth, that leads to stagflation. We haven't seen stagflation in 40 years. By the way, though, when and if we ever experience stagflation, guess what I know from history? 
It's not a bad thing. We survived it 40 years ago. Why won't we survive it, you know, now? Mm-hmm. Right? The Great Depression happened in the 1930s. The Great Recession in early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So an event that comes every 70 years. Mm-hmm. We survived it. Mm-hmm. Right? Looking back as a whole, we survived it and we became better because of it. Right? What Kelly Clarkson. When I say Kelly Clarkson, what does that mean to you, John? Uh, your favorite celebrity crush from uh, that show, American Idol. Yes, but she has a song, If What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. Oh, yeah, that too. If you're one of my kids, you hate it when I say Kelly Clarkson. Because basically what I'm trying to tell them is, look, if it don't kill you, it's going to make you stronger. Okay, gotcha. I can't wait to meet Kelly and tell her that story. Maybe she'll have us on her show. Wait, what if the other way? What, what if, if you had her on the what podcast? What if we had Kelly Clarkson on T-Law? It wouldn't be we. It would be you and her because I would be behind the camera filming. Maybe we'll get one of those new cameras. You speak it into the Maybe universe. we'll get one of those new cameras and you can be on with us, John. I wouldn't I wouldn't take that opportunity. Maybe we'll wait until we actually have like a true studio and then you can be in the producer room with like oh, the, the glass. Oh, like Baba Booey from Howard Stern. Yeah, but Not way that. cooler. Yeah, you know. With much better teeth. Right. Yeah. Damn, and hipper. Damn. And way hipper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. But yes, I can't wait to tell Kelly Clarkson the story about like I tell my kids Kelly Clarkson and they look at me like annoyingly because they they know what I mean. And then you find out she has solar panels on her third property and you're like, this is over. No, it's not over. She's rich. <laughs> what did I say about solar panels, John? They're for rich people. They're for rich people who want to save the, the, the environment. Oh, full circle. Yeah, like high five. Yeah. So race to the bottom. Right. We as an industry are going to be racing to the bottom. Don't freak out. Understand it. Understand what it means. Understand the implications. Mm-hmm. And understand what you have to do as a professional to make sure you not only survive, but you thrive. And as we talked about, you're going to thrive by dominating the basics while also leaning into the future. Mm -hmm. Because you can't do one or you can't do just the other. You have to do both. You have to understand the why behind it and understand that it is okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, his name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. If you ever want to get in contact with us, I am easiest found on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I appreciate when folks reach out to me and they say hi. I'm even open to answering a question or two, or more importantly, taking your suggestions because it's your suggestions yeah. that many times lead to our future content. They fuel the content of the show. Yes. If you like to watch little clips of our content, John does a good job of cutting them up and putting them on our Instagram page, our LinkedIn page, TikTok, as well as Facebook. Yep. All four of them, you can find us at The Lone Officer Podcast. We're on YouTube, The Lone Officer Podcast, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or really anywhere where you can find podcasts. Just look us up. We'd love to hear from you. We love your comments. Please keep tuning in. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Give us a share. Tell your friends and family and neighbors all about us. Even if you don't like what we're doing, tell us anyway. He's John. I'm Dio. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.